1: You're listening to the Room 104 Podcast with Cormac Moore and Saoirse Long. FM 104. It's
2: Room 104. It's Cormac and Saoirse here. Hope you're well. Now, oftentimes your body might be able to reveal more about what you're thinking and more about how you're feeling than you would like to maybe, I don't know, not admit, but maybe we're not aware of everything that we're giving away through our unconscious physical signals, but... What do the eyes tell us and what can your pupils tell you about the decisions you are or are not going to make? There was a fascinating piece of research that was done by neuroscientists over at the University of Pennsylvania. And joining us now to talk a little bit more about what pupils, what your pupils dilating and decision making uh, have in common or what they can tell us is uh, neuroscientist Michael Platt. Michael, sir, how are things?
1: Things are great. How are you?
0: Yeah, we're not doing too bad. Now, we found this obviously very interesting that you can tell a lot by somebody's eyes. So what exactly did you find?
1: Well, you know, as Shakespeare said, the eyes are the windows to the soul. So, um, you know, it's actually, I think, pretty surprising to many people that where we look and pay attention and the state of our pupils actually reveal a lot of what's going on in our own heads. And for that reason, um, we actually measure... Uh, where people look and, and what happens to their eyes when they're making various kinds of decisions, because it can tell us something about the process that's going on within their own brains. So what we did in this study was to look at people who had to accept or reject a gamble. So you know, imagine you're in the casino and you've got certain odds on possibly winning or possibly losing some money. Most people, not not problem gamblers, but most people tend to uh, be a little bit shy of taking a potential loss. so you have to offer them a little bit extra. To uh, to take the gamble, that's mm-hmm. known as loss aversion, and, and you know and, and behavioral economists and psychologists have explained tried to explain that away in in a variety of different ways uh, over the years, and, and most frequently appealing to this idea that kind of losses hurt more than gains feel good uh, inside, but that's been difficult to um, to test uh, you know really scientifically. So what we did was to just basically use a camera to track where people looking and how dilated their pupils were when they were making these kinds of decisions. And, and these, were, this, these were decisions about real money, too. So, um, you know, this was money that actually people could walk away with or that they might have to give up. Uh, so, so every decision that they made mattered. One of the things that we found is that pu- people's pupils tend to get wider and wider as they're about to make the decision, uh, and they kind of reach a peak right after you make your choice. But they're definitely widest when you are about to and just after you choose to take the gamble, especially if you're somebody who would normally avoid the gamble. So, um, I mean, you could interpret that in a variety of different ways. It could kind of be like the the arousal or the emotion of, yeah. of taking a risk that you wouldn't normally do. Um, it also could reflect kind of, which is how we interpret it, it kind of could reflect the mental effort that's necessary uh, in some case to overcome your default tendency to avoid the gamble and actually take one that's very favorable to you because sometimes it makes a lot of sense to take a gamble
2: right 100% like I've heard of the pupil dilation thing I don't know how true this is you could probably you know as you could say whether it is or not but you know if you find someone attractive that your pupils will dilate and you mentioned their are so is that kind of true as well, that the more attractive you find someone you might be dilating more?
1: That's definitely the case that pupils, so pupils you know, in general our pupils open and close to regulate how much light gets into our eyes, but in a constant light environment, they also open and close a little bit in response to chemicals that are are being um, emitted in the brain, and uh, yeah, when we're highly aroused, those chemicals uh, cause our pupils to dilate, so when we see somebody that we might be attracted to, our eyes dilate, and that's in fact one reason that women, you know, hundreds of years ago Would use would use special eye drops that would cause their pupils to dilate to to make them look as if they were kind of more interested and more attracted (laughs) in you.
2: It's mad because like I have to close my eyes any time I look at Saoirse, so it's just a weird (laughs) habit I formed in the studio. That's why you're doing it. (laughs) I wear sunglasses on in the studio, and I'm just like, nah, this isn't this isn't working.
1: That's, you know, that's another reason why, that's why poker players often wear sunglasses or some kind of shade so that you can't see their eyes right, because their pupils could provide a tell about what they've got in their hand and what they're about to do.
0: So interesting. Um, just in regards to like making a decision does it matter if you're making a big decision, like will it be more prominent if you're making like a life-changing decision over something like buying a certain packet of crisps in the shop?
1: You know, this is a really great question. Um, we tend to think that the same process governs all decisions and as far as we you know uh, every process every kind of decision we looked at pretty much unfolds the same way. but it's hard to study those kind of, life decision you can't bring somebody into laboratory and say okay um, you have a choice you know it's kind of like you know the, the bachelorette or something or one of these shows like you have a choice of marrying this person to that one uh, go ahead and choose and, and you have to stick with it so we don't really just study those decisions in the lab so we have we, we, we tend to study much smaller decisions where people are say gambling over you know small amounts of money or, or snack foods for example that's a, that's a very popular one because then you can force people to eat the snack food that they end up choosing so a lot of harder to study those big life decisions. Yeah.
2: And then you yeah. mentioned as well in this kind of research you were looking at uh, pupil direction or gaze direction. Like how does that fit into all of this? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's an even more critical part of the whole process. And it's something that actually we're we're totally unaware of. So if you stick your Stick your arm out at, at arm's length and with, th- with your thumb up and look at your thumb. That's basically the window of clarity that we have on the visual world. So you can see really clearly about the width of your thumb uh, at arm's length. And everything else is kind of a blur and so that's why we move our eyes around to sample the world to see what's there and, and what information can guide our choices and actually when you're moving your eyes you're blind but your brain kind of stitches it together so that you're unaware of that and everything looks like one seamless hole so where we're looking is getting preferential processing in the brain you can think of it as a volume knob that's if you're looking at Sorsha your brain is turning up the volume on her relative to anything else that might be in the room and The more information about her that gets into your decision-making system, the more likely you would be to, say, choose her, approach her, say something to her, et cetera. So so in this study, what we did was we looked at where people looked during the process of making a choice about whether to take the gamble. And most people tended to focus on the negatives, on the possible losses instead of the gains. And the more loss-averse people were, the more time they spent looking at that possible, you know, loss of money. And that's really fascinating because it it tells us that kind of, you know, people who kind of have a negative lens that they see the world through, if you will, they're going to focus more on negative information, and that's going to bias their choices toward, you know, toward negative outcomes, So in this case, avoiding the gamble. And what's really cool about that is it means that if you can, what we can do, and we've done this, is you can subtly manipulate the physical display in which information is presented so you can make gains brighter or bigger and just because they're bigger or brighter they're going to attract attention people are going to spend a little bit more time looking at them and when you do that people are more likely to take the gamble you can in fact completely erase loss of person. so you can manipulate where people look you can manipulate what they choose
0: yeah it's all gone a little bit too far is not it when you think about it like <laughs> that's pretty terrifying
1: well, you can, you know, it's, you know, you know, as, um, you know, in, I, I'm a great fan of, of Spider Man comics. And, you know, as Uncle Ben said, with great power comes great responsibility. So it's all about how you use it, right? You could use this for good or you could use it for evil. You could use it to help, which we're trying to do, you could use it to help people make better decisions, say, with their retirement funds, but you could also do it to, you know, sell more chips or something like
2: that. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I'm sure some people will obviously do both. There's a lot of scum out in the world who will <laughs> to decide to be as <laughs> various as they want with this but that's really interesting was was there anything else that we might have uh, missed or failed to ask you on on this whole study when it comes to pupil dilation and decision making and gaze
1: no i think you covered it quite well but i think you should watch out for it we've got a lot more work that's following on this um looking at for example how this changes over the life course so as people get older this tends to weaken um and it seems to be true in younger people as well so there's There's a lot of interesting stuff out there, I think, that you're going to see coming out um, about the relationship between pupil dilation, where we look and what we choose.
0: Brilliant. And if somebody wants to maybe contact you about this or look at more of your work, where could they find you?
1: Yeah, I mean, that would be great. They can just Google me, uh, Michael Platt, um, and they should... I'm not the the rugby player from New Zealand. I'm the other one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Well, thank you so much for talking to us.
1: Okay. Pleasure talking to you.